It's time for building the game, the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, March 27th, and you're listening to episode 565. As always, I am your host, Jason, here today, joined by three super awesome people. We have with us designer Clarence Simpson, designer Emily Vincent, and once again, I don't know why I said designer twice. Designer Connor Wake. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Hey, y'all. What's up? Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, I felt like I was trying to think of something clever to say for Connor's once I did that, but then I, I couldn't think of anything. I was like, so. I hope I'm also a designer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Whew. It is uh I it's it is 846 where I live in. This is earlier than I normally record, and I'm already punchy, so good times well hey uh so we have you three awesome people here um because uh yeah and emily you are a first time guest here the other two have been here so yeah first time thanks for having me most excited to have you because you've never been here before so (laughs) i'm probably the most excited to be here so (laughs) you were complaining about me being on too too much recently (laughs) hey listen I will never complain about people being available to record the podcast, okay? Because yeah. never actually complain about that. I may make jokes, but I will not complain about it. <laughs> it is always appreciated. I appreciate it too. So, so you all, plus like a ton of other people from our Discord, um, went to Unpub last weekend. And uh, sadly, I could not be there, um, but I didn't want that to mean we couldn't have kind of an Unpub recap uh, because Unpub is always such a big deal and and so many cool things happen there uh, that I wanted to be able to highlight that. And uh, from what I've heard in the in the previews beforehand, uh, this was not an exception. This sounds like this was also another awesome, awesome. uh, Yeah, Unpub events. Was this all our first times, or Clarence, have you been before? Um, yeah, I've been. So this is my second time. I went last okay. year, but that was my first time. Got also it. my first time. There was a lot of first time people there, it seemed like. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm guessing partly because pandemic. <laughs> I was supposed to go in 2020. Yeah, same. <laughs> so. Exactly. 2020 was, <laughs> was my, be... my year to go do all the cons. and. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I so. understand that feeling. Me too. Yeah, I think I've been to four unpubs maybe it's been a while it was pre-pandemic when i when i wasn't able to go anymore but i think i've been to four i was i went to the last year it was in the little tiny school that it used to be in in dover delaware uh which is not near anything uh not even near highways so it is it is fairly close to the ocean and nothing else so yeah yeah, I, I got there early, so I got to have a little bit of the rundown of like all the venues and like why it was in this one specific this weird horse hotel. Also, not not completely in the middle of nowhere, but like it's a bit out there. Lots right. of parking lots that we got lost in. Yeah, and and roads you couldn't sort of turn around to get back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I can't understate the number of horses that were in this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Or I can't overstate. I guess uh, it was it was an epic number of horses and saddles and it was also the way they were presented, like the ten foot tall portraits 
a dramatic back, like these just horse heads coming out of the darkness, like just huge, all across the walls. Amazing. I I think now that you're saying this, I'm pretty sure that the first year that the last year that I went was the first year it was in this horse hotel venue, because like there's like a thing across the street with like a bunch of restaurants and stuff, right? Like a little. I don't know about across the street or a car <laughs> across the big old strode that you had to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the weird roads around the hotel were like, cause we got there at like four in the morning the last time I went, cause we drove through the night and it was just like, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. It took like 15 minutes to just walk through all of the multiple parking lots to get to the food place on the other side. <laughs> crossing roads that didn't have crosswalks and it was like which which one of these intersections do we want to risk <laughs> like yeah i felt like we were in a food desert i just you know there yeah. was like the hotel restaurant that never seemed to be open and so i was just like eating almonds all weekend i was like i don't know <laughs> it's like dave masnado drove me to the me and zoe to the wegmans and we bought like oranges and nuts and that was that was what i ate all weekend yeah I had a real sad moment where I got some uh, bagels and peanut butter, uh, but all I had to put the peanut butter on the bagels was the spoons I stole from the deli, um, which is a little bit awkward. And then as I was standing over the little mini fridge, I just dropped one of the bagels upside down on top of the like half-eaten muffins that were also my meal for the whole week. And so there was just a ring of peanut butter there, and I was just like, okay... <laughs> That was that was the food experience I had. Yeah, it was not a culinary uh, <laughs> culinary hotspot. I mean, it might have been, but I didn't have a car, so. Well, how we about went, you, Clarence? I was going to say, I, so Sunday night we went to a uh, there was a Japanese restaurant over yes. there. Yeah, and it has these robotic cat server things that what like just wheel around the restaurant and deliver their food to you and. What planet is on now? I do not understand what's happening here. So wait, I saw one of these robots when I went to Protospiel Madison and the hotel restaurant also had a little robot that came out and served me food and they had it dressed with Christmas lights. I'm now convinced these robots are just for game conventions. <laughs> it was stressful. So everyone, I, I was with Clarence. Oh, that's right. Yeah, everyone yeah. else got to sit down the end of the table away from this robot that would come up. And I had this robot come up and it's got, it's got like a front and back that is just like holding up all the trays and the sides are open and it pulls up to you, rotates as if it's going to show you the trays and then turns around so that it's facing you. So you can't see the trays anymore. So you have to get up and grab them. And I accidentally hit the button because I thought I was saying, oh, yes, we're, we're here. This is our table. And it was like, OK, I'm leaving now. Um, and so I had to rapidly grab the stuff off of it. I was like, OK, now I know how it works. And then a different robot comes up. And this one says, you've got 30 seconds to take the stuff off. And it just starts a countdown. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I'm, as, and I'm like and then I'm going through and I'm like okay this is for you this is for you and then I'm like oh this is actually not for our table and so it's a whole like awful awful time trying to get this food off of these robots this does yeah. not sound good like this is I am worried about the future now like I we wasn't before we should have tipped you Connor I, did they want yeah. <laughs> anyway it was good it was, it was an interesting place I no longer care about what you did game wise at Unpub. I just want to talk about this. Like this is all I want to talk about now. 
food robots and hey if you go next year we know we know a place i'm i'm in i want to go now just for that like i wanted to go but now i really want to go you just got to walk across 15 minutes of empty parking lots with no trees so the wind is just whipping through everything it's really cold I don't know why but this like i've been watching this show severance and this whole thing just gives me a severance yeah. vibe like that is what i'm feeling like from what you're describing you do go down the escalator into the underground playtesting area with the big saddles hanging above the escalator as if they're mounted heads <laughs> like <laughs> yeah there was something about the gaming convention being in the basement and like it was a very lovely basement with incredibly high ceilings but we were in good. the basement all weekend right i was like yeah yeah I can see that. Wow. So, um, well, okay, so we covered the food, the basement, the uh, parking lots. And the horses. Uh, and the horses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the horses. Um, why, don't you, uh, why don't you each tell me um, what you, uh, like, what game you brought and uh, what you were, uh, you know, what you were working on with that game. The game, gamer, games, whatever. Uh, Emily, you want to start? Sure. Uh, so I brought three games that I've been working on. Uh, the first one is Good Kitties. It's a cooperative campaign game of house cats taking over the world. It's kind of a pinky in the brain meets pandemic. Um, and I'm trying to dial in the difficulty because uh, sometimes it just feels like you're never going to get anywhere. And other time, it's just a slog and you're like, I must catch mice for the next two hours. Um, and other times it's like done in 30 minutes. And you're like, I nailed that. Uh, but so I was sort of trying to dial that one in um, and I was trying out a new, essentially an event card, um, but trying to tie more of the mechanisms together um, and try and get them to really sing together. Um, I also had Pirates of the High Tees, which is a, um, which is a, a game that y'all have helped me with uh, my pirate puns. Uh, but that's a uh, set collection card game with some light take that mechanics of uh, baking and sabotage on the high seas. So you're pirates in a baking contest. Um, uh, because we all know that pirates love afternoon tea. That's like a well-known pirate fact, right? Obviously. Historical fact. I can, you know, I mean, They're not saying our matey. They're saying our matey. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then... There's a pun for you, though. See there? <laughs> Helpful. Yeah, and then the last game that I had is actually a game I started working on just around Christmas, and uh, I gotta say, inspired by listening to this podcast, I was listening to, I was listening to the episode on cozy games, driving it to work, and I was like, mm. what if I designed a cozy game? It would be about knitting. What would it be? And I like had it by the time I got to work. I have a forty-minute commute, uh, so I uh, showed up with that, and it. Um, it's a so it's called Knitting Circle. It's a pattern building game, tile placement. Uh, you know, there's a drafting mechanic, and then you are knitting warm winter wear, and you get more points if you make patterns like rainbows and stripes and things like that. Um, it's got a little bit of like an azul or a sagrada vibe to it. It's you know, tile placement making patterns, um, but it's really tightly tied to knitting because uh, the tiles have two sides and one side is the knit side and the other side is the purl side, which is in knitting the primary stitches are knit and purl and they're just opposite of each other. So it's got this really tight tie to knitting itself. 
Uh, so that one is my shortest game. So I sort of brought it out early and it just like snowballed downhill. And I ended up <laughs> playing it like every day and having people coming up and being like, I heard about this game. Can we pull it out? Um, and so that one, I, you know, had made a ton of progress over the course of That's the weekend awesome. um, with just from the first day of people being like, what if you tried this? What if you tried that? This is a little bit weird. And it's it's really tight by the end of the weekend. And I don't even know what I was working on with it, but whatever it was, I, I fixed a lot of it. The scoring is left to do. But um, yeah, so those were the games that I brought. Um, and I had a table each day. And my plan was to do one of them each day. And that's what I did. And the prototype on uh, I've seen the pictures is just amazing looking for a knitting circle. It looks so good. Thank you. It's it's very satisfying because the pieces fit together. And I don't know. Do you want to describe how the whole flipping thing works? Yeah, that broke my brain a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So I wanted that, that you have to put your tiles down in a knit pearl knit pearl pattern, right? Because that's that's a, a comp, that's how you get like ribbing in your um, scarves or something like that. Um, and so because they're opposites, I sort of had this aha moment of you can have one side be the front, one side be the back, but I wanted them to only fit in that alternating pattern. So instead of being vertical and just making like a straight line, they kind of zig and zag. And so it's this very like doot, 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 like a little snaky, jaunty back and forth. But something about it just looks very cool. And the tiles, if you keep them on their correct sides, they only fit one way. Um, and so you just sort of like click them into place. And I did a, I did a two a two layer board where I just printed my mat twice and then used an X-Acto knife to cut out the, the inset part. And so oh, it had like just wow, a yeah. tiny. I mean, it, I was using just cardstock, right? So it was like very thin, but it was just enough to like lock the pieces into place. Um, and I had a I had a lazy Susan for the draft that I got off of Amazon, and I three D printed all the parts and designed the little knit texture and I 3d printed the the baskets that you put the yarn in so the whole thing just has like a I don't know and it's rainbows you're making rainbows and stripes so like you look at it from a distance you're like this is just awesome right um visually so table presence love it <laughs> it was good I got to try an early yeah. version and it looked like it just it got did. better it just kept, over the weekend just so. kept getting there we're like <laughs> shedding excess uh, components, right? I had like cards that were telling you how to draft and by the end, like there's just no, mm -hmm. there's no extra on there, right? It's just, cause there was even a part where you had to like do a little maintenance. Everyone flipped the tiles to the right side, but the latest version, the flipping of the tiles is actually a meaningful choice that the players are making. And so there's not even just this like little bit of cleanup. It's all, it's all game all the time. Nice. That's really cool. I'm glad to hear that that um, that went well. Uh, Connor, how about you? Sure, yeah. Um, so I didn't really plan as much for Unpub as I did for Pax Unplugged, partly because I think all of my Pax Unplugged over planning ended up kind of like overflowing into planning for Unpub because um, I was very tired and burnt out beforehand. So I was like, we're just going to bring the game and see how it goes. Um, which worked out pretty good. <laughs> um, so the main ones I was like trying to figure out was a uh, conveyor. Um, oh, I keep, conv I keep swapping between conveyor bots and conveyor ink. Um, so my conveyor game, 
um, which has a fun little conveyor component where you're basically just making Tetris shapes. The big thing I was testing this time is you're making Tetris shapes and then those Tetris shapes fall off into your warehouse, which is your Tetris grid. Um, and I was just trying to see if that works. I've, I have apparently got a tendency to make puzzle games that are too easy for some people and too much for others. Um, I, I saw this in back-to-back playtests too, where I barely change anything. Uh, one person was like, this is too easy. There was not enough tension. I need more. Um, and then the other person was like, have you considered just like taking out all the goals and I can just make whatever shape I want? Cause this is too much. Um, so figuring that out has been kind of a nightmare because it's like i want to know i want to pick the audience but like that's a real narrow audience to pick and i don't want to just make everyone else feel bad when they're playing it there's like pick it there's like people there's like picking your audience and then it's like oh these people prefer it i don't want to be antagonistic Mm -hmm. towards the rest of the audience um so that's been difficult trying to balance that out but i got in a bunch of places to that one on my second day and i think i slowly figured it out essentially there's just uh a fallback so it's like here trying there's lots of little puzzles now if you're doing well you'll fit them in the little puzzles and if you're not doing well you'll just get points for putting them in a big old box somewhere um and it's fine so it's more of a if you want to challenge yourself you can but you don't have to um so that worked out that um because I had one puzzle that was trying to do both at the same time, and it was like, no, just split them into two. There's a very, very easy one, and then there's the difficult ones. So that worked nicely. Um, And then I just got to play all my other games. I got to bring out my Amoeba Lab game, which the conveyor game came from. It's another tile sliding puzzle, which, again, was uh, one of those special puzzles that was, like, too much for some people and, uh, like, the right amount for others. I got that one mostly balanced. Um... I'd done conveyor bot a few times in a row and was like, I can't do this anymore. My brain's tired. I'm packing it away. But then people kept coming up asking to play it. Um, so, which was great. Um, yeah, like people would just come up and be like, I'm next. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, but I had to be like, I'm sorry. I know you said you were next, but I'm really tired. So how about like this bidding game? And they're like, mm, no, I really like spatial puzzles. And then I remembered I brought Amoeba Lab. And I was like, well this is basically like the original game um so they played that um and another person who'd played conveyor bot also played that and that went great i've had that one on the back burner for a while because i just couldn't figure it out and apparently i uh, did figure it out and then put it on the back burner and never tested it um which was silly um so I'm going to go back to that one again. But it was funny again. I've gotten multiple conflicting opinions on is Conveyor Bot easier or is Amoeba Lab easier? Um, this person thought that... One person was like, why would I ever play Amoeba Lab? I can just play Conveyor Bot. It's the simpler game. And then the other person was like, nah, Conveyor Bot's whatever. Amoeba Lab's where it's at. And I'm like, okay, cool, I guess. That works. Um so I don't know what that means, but it was interesting getting all those conflicting opinions on the same games. Um, what else? Oh, and then my crossword game. Sorry, <laughs> I brought like seven games, so <laughs> cut me off whenever. Um, my, I've got my crossword maker game, which is my uh, pick and write game of um, making a crossword. Um, I made this originally because I wanted to do a word game where you did one letter at a time. 
um, so that you could like, you know, divert into different words. Um, but I didn't want to have a whole deck that was the randomizer because that's too many. It's impossible to get the distribution correct. So I figured I'd let the players do it. So like basically everyone simultaneously picks a letter and then everyone has to write those letters down on their grid. Um, which leads to some fun situations where someone picked the letter O like five times in a row and everyone's getting really mad at them. Um, it was great. And then someone got revenge by picking H over and over. So I think the game's working. Um, so that one I just tested just to make sure it was working. Um, and it did, and I got a couple little comments, but mostly just like validation that it's like, I think it's good to go and I need to just figure out who's down to take a word game roll and write. <laughs> um, so that's going to be fun. Um, and then Holly and Oak, this will be the last one because I've forgotten the other ones at this point. Um, oh, actually, no, I'll have an interesting one. Update. Holly and Oak is my polyomino stacking game. That was another one I just needed to test. Uh, it went well, so I basically just packed it away and moved on because um, I was like, I've got other things I need to look at. And then the like bittersweet one was I brought Flowering Heights with me, which if you've all heard was the one that got like stolen um and so funny thing about this game i i worked on it ages ago i liked it it's good it's your i, I made it because like i kept making complicated games and i was like i want to have a game i can show to my family and they can play um which i think it was just a bit too, it, it worked it was good but it's just a bit too basic and nothing special but like my family liked it so i was like okay cool success done i pitched it around and then I was going to come back to it later. And then it got stolen, which is weird because it was, you know, the the game that was like the least of my game type games. <laughs> um, so I brought it out again with some changes just to see if I like actually wanted to do anything with it post that whole incident. And it basically, I played it with David Mazzano and we both afterwards we were like, that was fine. I'm done. <laughs> I'm good now. There's too much drama around it. And there's too much like, I don't actually care anymore. So that one's getting packed into the box. And I had my success of my family could play it and had a good time. <laughs> so that was that one. That was Sorry my whole that, thing. Though, Sorry, that was a lot. That's crappy because it's like obviously not your fault that that happened. So, yeah. Yeah, it was more, it made me think about, do I want to do this game? Do I want to do anything with this game again? And I think the answer is I'm, I'm good. We're good here. I'll move on. All right, Clarence, if you're still with us. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, I'm just, just Sorry. kidding um, Yeah, so uh, Clarence, <laughs> we would love to hear what you got. Yeah, so I mean, this started, I, I guess it was interesting because I remember when they opened up the blocks for Unpub last fall, I guess, or something like that. And that's when they announced they were changing all of the 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 like the the staggered blocks, and they're going to have these separate tables for party games and everything. So when that happened, I decided, you know, I'm going to get a one standard table. And I'm going to there's they've got party tables. I, let me let me try one of these fancy new party tables and and see what happens. But uh, I didn't have a actually have a party game that I wanted to test at it. Uh, and then like an, a month before Unpub, I was like, I still don't have a party game to test. I should maybe do something about that. Uh, so I started, I, I, I have this like Google Doc of game ideas, which is very like s simple stuff, like 
one sentence or two sentences or maybe a paragraph for each game and just like 30 pages of that right and so i started looking down that list and somewhere like halfway down that document i saw make game about vanity license plates and i was like okay maybe maybe this can be a party game and so um I, th- I threw something together real quick. I decided to call it uh, Vanity Plates with no vowels. So it's V-N-T-Y-P-L-T-S. <laughs> and if you can read the title, you're already playing the game. Um, and and I brought that to, to Tantrum Con, uh, which was like three weeks before Unpub. And I, I like I immediately knew that the, the core of it, uh, of the, like this creating these Vanity License Plates worked and was fun and cool and stuff. It was just figuring out how the whole the whole game flow and uh, structure of it being like a you know party game like scoring and that kind of stuff. Um, so anyway, yeah. So that's what I ended up. One of the things I ended up bringing to Unpub uh, was was vanity plates, and ended up settling on a, a system where like uh, everybody's making vanity plates for this like random profession that they're dealt. Um, where it's like it could be normal stuff like architect or lawyer and weird stuff like Easter Bunny or Jedi Knight or Necromancer. Uh, board game designer was one of them. Or board yes, game yes. designer. Um, and then you're also given a, a restriction, which is a set of characters, uh, three le- or sorry, two letters and one uh, one number. And the other restriction is like you on, on your vanity place, you can have max of eight characters no vowels no punctuation no spaces only uppercase uh and at at first originally i had it where like doing those that that the restriction card those three characters that was like an optional thing where you know you if you did this thing you'd get bonus points and you could get a maximum of like five points every time you played or whatever i was really scared of like people not being able to do it and being just paralyzed by the the thought of having to put all these characters in there um but over the the course of unpub you know i realized like that is actually what it what needs to happen it needs to be mandatory and not only that people are like really surprisingly good at it because you know you put some a a couple characters that just look out of place or are, are weird or whatever but that's that's the that's really the game that's figuring out what they mean even when those characters when the characters are not perfect um and so after that it also did another nice thing which was just simplified the scoring right before i was like what am i doing i'm i'm like tabulating little tick marks up to five points per thing and it's like this this is stupid and so now it's just like okay you either get your if you if you guess somebody else's vanity plate which profession they are you get a point and if you used all of your your random uh restriction characters like you're supposed to you get a point uh and then it just it just started to to sing really well and got tons of great feedback uh apparently people were talking to elizabeth hargrave about it because she was like i've heard about this game i've heard good things uh when she came up to me like sunday night uh and then she played and had a had a good time with it too and was telling me i needed to be on the the shelves of target right now so yeah that was uh that was nice um cool moment for that for something thrown together so quickly um and then the other game that i brought was horns of harlem which is a co-design with raven mckenzie that we've been working on for a while and uh that one uh is like kind of medium weight 
strategy game, uh, Tableau Builder was worker placement, then it wasn't, now it is again. Kind of situation uh, where you're ma- managing a jazz band during the Harlem Renaissance. <clears throat> but the thing I'd been struggling the most with recently on that was kind of the, the, the flow and pacing of it. It always felt like, like we always wanted to target around an hour long playtime, but it felt so many times like we didn't get to accomplish much or that there wasn't an arc to the game or I don't know, just, just things didn't feel right about it. And so finally now with Unpub, we, we got it situated where I think it's finally, it has that arc. It, it like the beginning feels different from the end by the, by the end of it, you have this vengeance, this engine that's, um, you know, doing a lot of cool things in, in a single round. And, uh, you're actually actually accomplishing you're you're completing these goals these gigs and uh, recordings and stuff and you have that this set of points laid out in front of you by the end of it all and it's still finished somehow in like around 60 minutes which is amazing so feeling really good about that one too um and uh yeah that one i, I feel like finally for the first time it's it, it didn't feel broken right like That's like great. now it's going into okay there's still things to tweak there's definitely things to balance but it's not broken <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good feeling right and we're like hey yeah. it it worked <laughs> <laughs> awesome well i think now it'd be kind of fun to just open this up to the three of you just chatting about specifically about you know this unpub and how it went and things like that. I, I would love to just have you all just kind of have a discussion about that. Um, and I'll just kind of step back and uh, yeah. And uh, listen, I know earlier I did hear you all talking a bit about it on our weekly update. Uh, so yeah, I would love to hear you uh, just, uh, just do that. Talk about the good stuff. Talk about all the good stuff other than just the horses. Cause that was also the good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, go ahead, take it away. I'll rein you in if you get too crazy. So, well, I mean, I'll throw out like I really loved seeing all, all these like really experienced designers sit down and really take their time and be patient with all these new designers because there were there was a, a good bunch of them there and and seeing that kind of uh, kind of I don't know patience and kindness uh, was just awesome. It's it you know makes me really proud to be the part of this community. Yeah, I, I agree. The people and the experienced folks who are not only just sharing, you know, their experience and their expertise through some of the panels and things like that, but I mean, people who are, you know, big names in the industry looked around and were like, there's a table without playtesters. I'm going to go sit at it and give this person some thoughtful feedback. And there were, you know, they came back day after day, right? You know, I had I had people play my game on Saturday and they came back for the different game that was on Sunday. And it was, um, it was just really wonderful. And like people that, you know, I sort of, I've known through discord and stuff like that, you know, like Ashwin brought a publisher by my game. Right. Um, and, uh, Connor gave me the heads up when, uh, I had been talking to someone who was like, can I play your game? And I was like, Oh, not right now. Maybe we can set up some time later. And like the person walked away and Connor's like, that was a publisher. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you come back and play my game? That was totally my bad. I know I met you at the the intro dinner on Thursday, but I lost track of who you were. Uh, yes, I will set up my game for you and we can play. Um, so it's just, you know, everyone was sort of 
assisting and helping each other out and sitting down and like talking through stuff and, you know, being like, do you want ideas or not ideas? I can give you the feedback, you know, what's your, what's your jam. Um, so it was just, it was really great. And then, you know, I personally experienced just this like wave of love after we left where like Roscoe tweeted about my game and, you know, suddenly lots of people were tweeting about my game and that's, I haven't, I haven't tweeted since 2012. Uh, and so all of a sudden I'm on Twitter. Right. Um, but it was just such generosity of people to use their platform as a signal boost for something that they saw and that they were excited about. Um, and they were doing it there in person and they're still doing it. And that's just, that's just super cool. It's very welcoming for someone who's brand new, right? I started designing games last April, right? I'm not even a year into this. Uh, so it was just a really awesome welcome. Yeah, there was, yeah, it was pretty great. There was like uh, one guy specifically that had a tiny little business card where he'd written a list of every single game he wanted to see. And he was like just finding people and playing them and like make sure. And he was just like so excited to just be playing the games with people. Um, and like the energy he wrote was just great. Like I saw him play a few people's games and it was, yeah. So it, it was it was also interesting being just next to all of the like the big game people. And it's like, oh yeah, they're just normal people too. <laughs> they're here. Yeah. They're play testing their games. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. Yeah, my my personal one was Randy Flynn came um, and I had my pirate game up on I think it was Friday and uh, he and his friend were like, hey, we were looking to play this and I was like, I'm in the middle of a play test. Uh, and they're like, well, we're going to go play another thing. And then we connected later in the weekend in the free playtime, right? He played after hours when I didn't have a table. Um, and then he came and found my knitting game the next day, right? And and, and now he's tweeting, right? And, and I'm just like, that's so generous of you know, him and Elizabeth and just all the people who were there. Um, Yeah, that's that's kind of what happened with mine with this guy. He he came up to Emily, not not you, Emily, other Emily, and was like, "I need to put." Oh no, Ben, who the unpub mayor was like, "Okay, here's Emily. Okay, she's next on your list. You need to play this game." And he came over and was like, "Okay, I think the last one I got to play is this crossword game." And I was sitting at the table just like chilling. I was like, <laughs> "What?" Because <laughs> it was also like eleven thirty at that point, and I was very tired. And he was like, "Okay." uh, Sorry, but I I know it's late, but I really want to play both of these games. So I think we're going to try and make that happen. And I was like, oh boy, this is late, but okay, here we go. Are you ready for a crunchy, difficult game? <laughs> sure. Like people were just like, it. I don't know, everyone was like very intentional and purposeful about it. And it was like nice. Like it, everything wasn't just like an afterthought, you know, it wasn't just like, uh, sure, I guess I'll play your game. I'm here. Everyone was like excited. It was good, which I felt bad because I was very sleep deprived the whole weekend. Um, so I was definitely just kind of wandering around. There was a tapping behind <laughs> my bed that wouldn't stop. I didn't sleep for the first two nights, basically, um, until I figured out that if I shoved a pillow behind the um, side dresser and then shoved it into the wall, it held the wall stable enough to stop the tapping. 
I have to um, wonder if that was anyway, like the ice machine me. because if Connor and I ended up like just down the hall from each other, but in between us was like the room that had the soda machine and the ice machine and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm so excited to have the hotel room right next to the ice machine. This is going to be great. <laughs> Could have also been the ghost of some horse. <laughs> Well, I got so sick of the tapping because I was like, I'm here. I really want to be like excited to be playing people's games. But I'm so sleep deprived. That I'm just walking around in a, in a fugue state. Um, and I was just like, lean, I, I eventually just leaned against the wall in exasperation and it stopped. I was like, you're joking. And so I was like pushing all of the spots on this wall until I was like, any spot I touch on this wall stops the tapping, which makes no sense to me. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so apologies to anyone if I was sitting at your table playing a game and I was very out of it. I was ex- excited to be there. Just yeah, I, I was very sleep deprived yeah. too. It's maybe worth talking about like how late this stuff can go, right? Because the the official blocks uh-huh. end at what like nine? I think is the the official end time. Yeah, it was nine. Yeah, but I like I ended up, uh, with a couple other people. I think shutting it down most nights around like two a.m. or so. Like people were just in there, and and a, you know, I would say even past like midnight, there was a lot of people in there. Only around like one o'clock did you did stuff start like trickling off. Yeah, I had to leave at midnight every night because those you know you've got a four hour block, so I got a block each day. And I was like, I'll do them in the afternoon to evening because I feel like that's when many people will be around. But also that's when everyone's already starting to hit a wall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I and, and then a couple days because I was running right up until nine. It just kept going. So I ran good kitties from like, I don't know, it was like three until like nine o'clock. Like I just kept going because no one was kicking me out of the table and people were like, I want to play this game. And I was just like okay i didn't eat dinner i didn't eat dinner all weekend like i just yeah <laughs> i don't know because where would you get dinner yeah i had a i had a tub of trail mix that i was just sitting there just yeah. like pulling moss down quickly yeah. if there was something about like you have play testers <laughs> who are sitting there it's coming close to midnight and everyone is yawning but everyone is so like i am here for this game I am going to be thoughtful. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you feedback and don't mind my yawning behind my mask. And, you know, normally like in a play test, you're like, everyone is yawning and looks like they want to fall asleep. That feels like a problem. Um, but here it felt a little bit more like, you know, dedication. Uh. <laughs> was. There was also a good number of like just play testers there who I'm always surprised because it's like, I'm so appreciative if you come in here to play a bunch of like potentially really I mean, bad they, they games. They some pretty good, <laughs> just... good incentives. Like I think it, I heard Ben say there was like 150 games in the in the raffle. Yeah. For play. Oh yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. just taking the time to come out and like help us, and it's like even if you get like a game out of it. And they were there that's, multiple that's days. I had the same <laughs> groups of playtesters hit yeah. all three of my games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? The same family, the same set of friends, right? I was just like, sweet, you're back. I also bribed them with chocolate the first day. Yeah. I had some chocolate doubloons at my table that because it was the pirate game. And I was like, yeah, have some chocolate doubloons while you're here. 
Um, and then I just had them the rest of the weekend. So I just had pirate doubloons, whatever game I was playing. <laughs> I appreciated those. Roscoe brought like a big bag of Reese's cups too. I also appreciated those. Yeah. It's always worth bribing playtesters. They're not wrong. Yeah. I, I think the other thing, right? So I'm I'm an early riser, right? So I was like, midnight's my midnight's my cutoff. And then I'm like up by like 5.45, 6 the next morning. Um, but that, because things didn't really start till 10 um, or maybe noon, depending on when your block was and what you were going to do, like I had time to actually make real changes to the game. And like I, so I've never been to Unpub before, right? So I brought, you know, baggies of blank cards and my markers and all of these things and I actually the night before it started I went to the Michaels across the terrifying street to get scissors because I was like I'm flying I'm not bringing scissors right I'm not bringing my paper cutter um but like there the the room there where with all the bits and stuff it's got the normal like game crafter bits and stuff the designer triage. The they had a designer printer. triage. They had sticker paper that you could print. They had a paper cutter. They had, I mean, it was just like, it was really awesome. And I, I got to make changes that I wasn't expecting to be able to make. Um, and I just, you know, I had, I'd had this like, I'm a turtle, pack it all with me mentality. And it just, it showed me how experienced the unpub people were that they were like, this is all the stuff you're going to need, right? You don't even know you need this. We got you covered, right? Um, so now I have a now I have another pair of scissors. I did manage to pack them away and fly them home in my checked bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't smuggle oh, them onto the plane. That would have been. I would not be admitting to that on on <laughs> audio tape. <laughs> yeah, that is it is pretty impressive uh, that you know the unpub. Obviously, they've it's not their first rodeo right they know what they're doing and they uh are trying really hard to uh make it easier for everyone i I think that's awesome i think that's really cool yeah Mm -hmm. the late night thing on a on a separate topic was just reminded me of one of the things i really enjoyed is because like a lot of the times when we hang out as designers at play to sync things it's always these little like short chunks so it's like it's just game design talk and it's like you can't really do game design talk for 24 hours a day that many days in a row so it's like i actually got to like know people more which was nice it's like oh yeah i've like known you for like a while but i i don't know anything (laughs) except your game designs (laughs) so like i had a real good like david and i won david and i got like pizza one night and i just got to hear like talk with them more about just like life (laughs) and i got to do that with like other people too who have like known for a while and it was just like it was really nice just like being in the same space with a bunch of people for a while and it being less condensed and more just kind of well it was not chill but you know there was there was like downtime essentially and time where people were like okay i think i'm done playtesting so we can just like hang out um and stuff like that which i really appreciate i always find it funny the designers that are like all right so we've done all this play testing let's play some published games and i'm like what i don't have any brain power for that zero zero and if i did i would play test some more games yeah i didn't see much uh published games come out uh i think i saw maybe one like sunday afternoon or something like that 
I saw the well, wolves. I mean, okay, yeah. you're right. The wolves that was, that was a special out. request. <laughs> I forgot that. Happened. He was trying to get you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like a, a store there where you could buy game, like published games, and I, I think I saw a couple of people buying it, but I was like, I can't. It was an interesting decision, I guess, to have a published game store there, but like. I don't know. If you need extra parts that aren't in the triage, clearance. Well, you bought a copy of my game. I'm stripping it for parts clearance. <laughs> Wait, wasn't the copy of the wolves? It, it was. You played, it like, was unopened, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if so Anita had bought it there or brought it with her or what. There were oh, a couple of them in the raffle because yeah, yeah. I like helped set the raffle up. Um, I'm wondering if it got. Snatched immediately. Yeah, Connor. I want to point something out though. So you were like, nine o'clock is really late. You are aware that you live on West Coast time and that this is East Coast time. So like, I know you. I know you get tired. I'm just saying, like, it's like three hours behind. So like, you should be ahead. In addition, in addition, no, because. I had a, I had to get up at four a.m. to get the flight. Okay, so me, me, and a bunch of the Seattle people. What we did was like, well, if we're flying all the way over, we are getting there for the, we're getting there early, and not wasting a bunch of time because it's going to be like a whole chunk of the day is flying, right? So we got there on Wednesday, um, at like six p.m. Um, and we get there and it's like not even set up yet. So we basically just go down and help them set up. And so at that point, waking up at 4 a.m. is like waking up at 7 a.m. So I'm already on East Coast time. So that was convenient. Um, but I don't know. 9 p.m. is late when it's been a day of playing games and critiquing said games. It's not even like, let me just play some games and have a chill time. It's like, okay, and let me analyze this now. <laughs> not just can I play the game, but can I give enough, nice feedback? Enough so yeah <laughs> that's that's fair i would not do that early again um for anyone who is like flying in from far away i don't think it was it was good well okay getting there super early was cool because then we had the whole place to ourselves for a while and so it was like the people who got there early we got to do some like early play tests just hanging out got to go get groceries um so it was good i but it was also like i was there for basically doing i was i did like six days of being gone from home like wednesday till monday so that was a lot which i think contributed to me being extra tired the whole weekend so i think next time i would show up on the thursday because there was the mixer on thursday which was fun although way too overwhelming but like a bunch of me and other designers who were also overwhelmed hung out in the outside (laughs) And had a nice time. So we had our own side <laughs> mixer for <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah, there was also that actually was another mixer on Saturday morning or and it would had a it had a good name that I'm not gonna remember, a welcome breakfast, but it was for underrepresented designers, right? So it was for women and uh, people of color and members of the LGBTQIA community and things like that. And that was just a really nice 
small get together um, that I just, I got to meet a lot of people and, and sort of talk one-on-one. It was less overwhelming than the, the one on Thursday because there were fewer of us, but um, <laughs> it was, it was really great. There was also a very great story from that where they went and got all the bagels and they had like a billion bagels and got the biggest box of bagels I've ever seen. And when they got there, I guess they opened it and realized the order had gotten messed up and it was only blueberry bagels cut into quarters. And so there's like, there's like 50 pounds of blueberry bagel quarters and like five different types of cream cheese. You're like, it goes well with the strawberry cream cheese. How does it go with the veggie cream cheese? I don't know. Um, so it's great. We all had some blueberry bagels um, and got to chat with each other. But uh, yeah, plus one would recommend it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, from what everyone said about how, you know, they felt like it was a very diverse group of people when you just sort of looked around and there were a diverse set of games there. Um, and that perhaps that wasn't the case some number of years ago. Um, whatever, whatever is being done is, is working. Right. Um, yeah. That's great to hear. That. Yeah. It was, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess related to that, we, we should talk some uh, about kind of the, the not play test stuff that was happening there. Right. So like, the from I guess Thursday, right? Thursday's their their kind of designer day, which they there's no scheduled playtest blocks, like but there is panels and stuff all day. And I guess you can do open playtesting during that time as well. But I didn't get there until like Thursday around four o'clock. So I missed most of that. The mixer was that night. Did Connor, did you get to go to any of those like earlier panels? To the panels? I should have. <laughs> they were off on a separate, uh, like around a, yeah. out the door, around the corner, down a corridor sort of deal. So I think I always, I, I just kept missing the ones because yeah. I was like doing the open play testing, and then it'd be like, oh, I their their scheduling system was a little finicky um, as well. So, and the rooms were a little bit small, but I got to go to a couple of the panels. <laughs> Like I went to the opening one and I went to Randy Flynn's one. The opening one was entertaining. Um, ben beforehand, the unpub mayor uh, was like, so they wanted me to do a panel of like, welcome to unpub. Uh, and he, I, I kind of get the sense that he didn't necessarily want to have to come up with a whole panel. Cause he was like, well, what are you all going to listen to me talk about? Um, so his plan was just, and I'm guessing he's done this before, his plan was just get other people to talk about what they're going to do for the weekend. Um, so he just like called on people from the crowd and like had them do the panel basically, which I thought was actually pretty good because it's like, he was right. It's like, that's why we're here is to like see what everyone else is doing, not to like listen to him talk about the meaning of Unpub. Um, so it, it was pretty good. Like, um, and then people got confused. That is, I, I managed to get the, the last, per- the last person right. up uh, because once you completed answering the questions, you got to choose between a package of lemon cookies and a package of chocolate cookies. And like I said, I didn't have any food. I didn't manage to get to the grocery store. Then. <laughs> I was like, I'm really hungry. And so I was like, I'm going to get these cookies. Uh, but I also like my goal in going to, or one of my goals in going to Unpub was about networking. And sort of being there in that intro meeting where he's like, we're just going to have people come up and talk. I was like, I have to do this. I have to raise my hand and I have to get up here because this is going to kick off the whole thing. My goal is to meet people. So I'm just going to like, hi, I'm Emily. These are my, you know, 
three games, da, 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 right? Um, and it worked, right? And like, you know, Ben was super helpful all weekend. Like I was like, yeah. I'm looking for this publisher. He's like, I'll help you find him. I was like, I'm trying to reconnect with Randy. And he's like, we'll make it happen, right? Um, so it was, you know, I was just, I, I was glad I just sort of like threw myself into it. That's awesome. Yeah. I think there's definitely a good point about like making sure you kind of stand out a little bit because there's a lot of people and I, I, I don't know if this is on purpose that people are doing this. I jokingly am doing it on purpose, but I think everyone has is starting to have an identifying feature, um, whether that's a piece of clothing or a that's dyed me. pink mohawk or <laughs> mohawk was that hat, or <laughs> like I've got my denim jacket <laughs> that he might be wearing right now. Or like I've just got the denim jacket like covered in, jacket. in like pins that yep. I wear every time. Thank you. Yeah. It, it also, especially because everyone's wearing masks. So if you don't have that, no one. It's it's like much easier for someone to be like, oh, the person with that game had that hair, hat, jacket, uh, whatever. Like uh, Zoe has a purse with essentially a massive business yeah. card on the side of it right um so it's like j jokingly you should have like your identifying item but also i think it kind of helps because it's like starting your brand a little bit it's very silly but also it's just super helpful because i can't recognize anyone in masks so i have to be yeah, like I what say, clothing or you can are have you wearing? a you can have a gag or a bit like so i met emily um, who's an LA designer and we'd run into each other in Protospiel online, but we basically like became sort of like joined at the hip and we'd go up and be like, hi, I'm Emily and I'm Emily. Right. And it's like other Emily was wearing her, uh, her star sweatshirt the whole weekend. And I had my pink mohawk and we were just like, oh, you want to talk to Emily or, or that Emily, which Emily are you looking for? Right. And so like, you could sort of, yeah, we had it. We had a great time. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You we're, you're like we're, the same we're, age we're too, essentially right? the same person. It's cool. Um, <laughs> very differently. We live on different coasts. We work in different occupations, except for game design. Yeah, but yeah, I also I will yeah. say I have been really so. struggling in terms of networking. Of like, all right, so there's what people look like in person with a mask on. There's what people look like on video on Discord there's their discord names or their twitter handles and then there's their actual names and so like i'm getting like messages from people that like just today i had to be like i am so sorry it sounds like we definitely talked and i don't know who you are and they sent me a picture of themselves and i was like okay thank you right i got you now but your your discord name is not your actual name and like how do i like there's people i've been playtesting with all year that i've never seen in person <laughs> and so now trying to put it all together and i'm already bad at names so um it was a real journey yeah yeah the whole online to like masked in person thing is a weird like it is. pipeline <laughs> of meeting people yeah the in-person mask thing is like i'm super glad conventions are still doing it and feel only comfortable going to conventions that are doing oh, it yeah. that said boy do i hate it <laughs> so much because it, it is hard to like now i have to yell and i have a i have a sore throat and a headache you know by the end of you know day one of whatever i'm at i've oh, drops 
Bring cough drops. And ibuprofen. <laughs> or that, yes. Um. Yep. What are yeah? What are those other weird things you've got to make sure to bring that you wouldn't think about? Water bottle. Because obviously there's like bring some extra meeples or whatever. I, mean, I was definitely bringing like uh, protein bars and the snacks like that that were filling snacks for those situations where you're like play testing through a, a meal period or whatever. I will say a terrible snack choice that I made was I so I got almonds and then I got craisins because I was like it's fruit it's a little sweet no no no, they're sticky so you like try to pop in some craisins and then you're like i can't touch their prototype now like i just made my hands sticky uh so dried fruit maybe not um you also got to be careful i had this almost happen a few times with the trail mix where i'd like lose a peanut in the mask (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like yeah. we just keep talking about the food, but like, it was really helpful to me, like having my, having my own set of markers so that I could like all the supplies were there, but like what color Sharpie was available was always going to be a question. So, um, that was useful, um, in terms of things that I brought. I, yeah, I brought too much stuff, but I'd do it again. What I didn't need was my running clothes. I didn't actually manage to go exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one person told me they didn't go outside. I think that was me. I went out on Thursday and I didn't go back out until Sunday. (laughs) Okay. I think multiple people then, because this is someone from the Seattle group, Rob. Yeah, so it's like definitely take breaks. You got to figure out how to take breaks of these things because it's a bit big. It wasn't actually that sweaty of a room. That was nice. But like, still a room Ooh, with a lot of people. I would say get a thing to bring that I'm going to go find, probably not before PAX East, but a bunch of people had real nice like tablecloths or like play mat, like mm-hmm. the boardgametables.com play mats on the VIP tables were really nice. Um, Matt from the break my game has this like nice piece of like suede that he puts down i think clarence did you have one of the blue tablecloths someone had blue tablecloths. yeah all, yeah. all the <laughs> i know yes, blue tablecloths are special we um, had a bunch of them out there but i was like oh are you saying the game designers north carolina brought all oh, are the worst <laughs> they were wearing in the universe jackets. they had like matching, matching sports jacket. jackets they were like if, if my wife was like you need to move to north carolina i'd be like no and she's like oh because of north because like you don't want to live in north carolina i'd be like no because of g-donk i can't be anywhere near those people I have a lot of friends in the sorry g-donk yeah, game designers in north carolina g-donk. please tell me that people don't the say that. I, I can't bring myself to say that personally but there are definitely people who say that i only say that because it sounds insulting i have no no hate for the group but y'all weird me out sometimes when you showed up with the jackets i was like what the hell is happening here wait we just talked about needing identifying features from a distance right you can spot all of us not across the room your cult but the problem is now you all now now it's like a big swarm of people comes in all with these like blue jackets and the blue tablecloths come down and it's like oh gosh we're gonna turn this into on pub into a team game currently currently the g donkeys are winning he's got the coolest outfit 
Oh yeah, yeah. Ashwin was like, "We we really have to step up our game." Because <laughs> I think a bunch of the Seattle people were like, oh, "We're not wearing matching shirts." Well, I think we need to do like a cross country. Like, we'll take New England, we'll combine it with Seattle and LA. We'll do like a coastal. I don't know. We'll do coastal elites. There we go. That's- Roscoe's been pushing hard for doing a building the game. Oh, gosh. Thing. He's like, "We Ooh. have to. We have to get shirts, Jason. We have to get shirts." I think my my playtesting group has shirts. I haven't gotten mine yet. GMG, the Game Makers Guild in Boston. Ah. Um, I need to acquire that. I don't have one though. Okay, so yeah, never mind. We're all we're all gonna show up at teams now. Oh. Just I thought this was just a, a was big like... welcoming community, but we're just gonna have sections. Just as I was like, listening to y'all and thinking, like, wow, like the lack of gatekeeping here is amazing. <laughs> And then one group has to come in all dressed in their matching coats, matching tablecloths, thinking they're better than everyone. <laughs> Maybe we're going too hard on G. They were all now. lovely. Everyone I met Actually, from G. Dog was no, lovely. Was, hey, here's the thing. Yeah, like one of yeah. our co-hosts is Everyone's from that great. group. Like, I mean, like, you know, it's it's fine. I know plenty of nice people from that group, Clarence included. Yeah. Uh, but I will never not make fun of them for that. Or the fact that Josh Mills is in that group, even though he's from South Carolina. Um, yeah, this it'll never that'll never be okay with me. So I'm always gonna have a problem with that. Is it because I think we're just jealous because Honestly, they're like more official than us though? Yeah. We're we're it's just like, random designers. If I was jealous of anything about like them, the it would cool not kids. be the matching coats, it would be the fact that they y'all like get stuff done. Like you have a lot of designers in that group that have gotten things oh, published. Yeah that have, you know, you work together well. Like, I- I'm a little jealous of that. I'm not going to lie. The matching coats, though. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> well, okay. The cool thing that I saw that, I, I don't know who runs your Twitter, because they've got a Twitter. Of course they do. Um, like, you were yeah, all posting, uh, like, who's bringing stuff? And, like, and I was like, actually, that's pretty great. Like, the, if we had, like, a Seattle group, we could post about all yeah. the Seattle group people's games and sort of advertise for it. Hey, just, like, I have a building the game tour with a lot of, of followers and I never tweet on it. Connor, I'll give you the password if you want to start I was, sharing stuff. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, a shared Twitter responsibility actually sounds nice because I'm like, what am I going to tweet about? I'm still working on these same games, right? I so. rarely ever tweet other than tweeting about the podcast or replying to people. That's yeah. that's about it. The I, North Carolina Twitter, for for the most part, I would say yeah. like ninety percent of it is it is just following all the different North Carolina designers and retweeting anything that they tweet about game design. For the mm-hmm. most part, yeah, that's really smart, actually. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so Jason, cool, yeah. we could all get yeah. building the game pins. I hear you might know someone who's making pins. I I, I am making the pins. I'm working on that. (laughs) I made a prototype. It worked. Now I'm making more. So, yes, that's my plan. uh, The the hardest thing about selling pins, let me tell you, is that shipping uh, costs about as much as the sale of the pin. Yeah. So if you charge $5 for a pin and give it away with free shipping, (laughs) you are going to make about 60 cents on that pin. Um. (laughs) if you're lucky uh so we've been working Oof. that out but yes no still making plenty of pins my daughter's still designing plenty Love of it. pins so yes nice good times a uh, smart thing that some people did was they had uh pins of their like discord or twitter profile pictures that is really smart. um i just smart. put it on there yeah like did you see david's his uh his little what does he call it his like 
I don't know. What I don't know. It. I can't say it because it sounds weird. Does he use a he word that's not Avatar? He just calls like, it like cartoon like, David. It's a cartoon David, and he oh. calls it his little boy. <laughs> I don't know. That, I, was like, I was like, he says it better. <laughs> I don't say it correctly. <laughs> I think he's just it's just because it's like just a weird cartoon version of him with his yellow beanie that he like crocheted himself. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, David, if you're listening, I, I goofed that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but having a real name tag because you know. Mine kept getting like flipped around, and yeah, I mean, it was on your name was on both sides, but I would, I kept my room key in my badge because <laughs> I locked myself out of my room twice the first day, and oh, no. my room was like eight billion miles away from the lobby and the rest of everything that was going on. So I kept my room key in there so I didn't lock myself out anymore. But then you know my name tag, no one, no one could see it. Um, so. Did anybody notice the little Easter egg on the, in the name tag? There's a, there's a horse in the name horse. tag. I did not. <laughs> Once it was painted out, I didn't yeah. see it. I saw a, a tweet about it, and I was like, I still can't see the horse. I feel like the guy who can't see the sailboat. I was like, I gotta go look. It's not a sailboat. Well, it's a schooner. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna ask on a game related topic. Uh, do we want to talk about any like games that we? saw that we thought were cool or sure i think that's a great way to button it up i gotta think I should not everybody that. wants well because there's like there so was to a be bunch clear, of them, like, was like let's do this one. and then was like oh I don't know. you can well, say it's two. like just pick i'm just like oh, just picking one now i'm gonna feel bad about all the ones i like don't mention i got know? one but if you <laughs> so. if you want me, if you want me to go more than one i'm gonna be like Ugh. well this um, you okay emily why don't you say you're one then since connor had an idea and then now can't can't fulfill <laughs> can't the promise of the idea. All right. Uh, so I played Climb On by David Kessler. Um, and it's a game where you are building a rock climbing wall with little mm. tiles that have the different like rock climbing handholds. And then you have um, transparent cards that have people printed on them in different like rock climbing poses. And you have to position the cards so they have three points of contact on the wall. And then you position the next card such that it also has three points of contact, but like one foot is touching one hand of the one foot of the new one is touching a hand of the previous one. And mm. when you finish it, it looks like you've created like an animation because you've got all of the poses going up the wall. And it's just sort of, it's super fun. And it's like, stunning to look at and you feel super creative you're like look at that like i got the person on their back and then they did this like beyonce pose and then like then they were like michael jordan and like it it happened like i'm like i can't climb a wall but i can get my person to um and then he had us <laughs> clear all the people and scoot over to the next person's board and we actually had like a speed race where you had to speed climb the other person's wall and it was just super fun and visually just great and i was just like oh this is so this is so wonderful i love it so much so climb on that would be nice be that sounds cool yeah i wanted to play that one but it was always there's always people there yeah. so okay i did i did think of one um so i got to play a communique which was uh the cardboard uh, chris and suzanne zisley um their party game it's it's funny it's it's code names but like actually doing the code names theme 
because um, Codenames does not do its theme. Um, <laughs> That's true. So, so you're trying to, you know, you, it's a similar setup. You're trying to guide people around um, a city. One person's the code giver. One person's the spy going around the city. And then there's all these, so that you're giving out words of like, oh, you should go, you've got these, sorry, you got cards with words on them. Uh, and you, you're like, here, it's cats. And you're like, oh, I should probably go to the place where the cat is. And you start moving over there. But then the twists for how this works is, one, it's real time. So you're just slapping down cards as fast as possible, trying to beat the other person who's walking around, um, and it's all going haywire. And then to make it uh, worse, but in like the best way possible, everything's on a one-card delay. So you can't... You can't read the. You can't. Uh, gosh, I don't know how to explain that. Basically, every time you tell them a clue, it's you've already put down another clue. <laughs> um, so if they get the first clue wrong, the second clue's already coming in. It's already been programmed in, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> they're going to interpret that <laughs> even worse than the first one. And so you're constantly just trying to course correct this as they're just like veering all over the place over the city, and it's real time. So it's just. <laughs> It's absurd. It's great. It was, it was had a good time. It was wonderful. And and it's not just like you're like, oh, the one with the cat, the one with the train. No, I had like ear. Oh. Right? Like yeah. I was like, sure, Connor, go to ear. <laughs> and then you're just, yeah, lo- looking on in exasperation as you're just <laughs> running off in the opposite direction. And the best part is if you land on the other person's spot, because you both go into different spots, uh, you unlock it. So I think we won. Because uh, we were on a, Emily and I were on a team, uh, we won because the other team did so badly that they hit all of our spots first. Yeah. <laughs> before we got to any, I didn't get to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Clarence? Yeah, I mean, for me, definitely the the one of I, I would say my favorite one that I played there was uh, Overlapper Mappers by Dan Schumacher. So Dan's uh, new to game design. He's he had. Uh, talked to him briefly and he had uh, i guess a background in, in video game design but he just started tabletop design like two months ago and he, he had this thing on the table uh, and i remember walking by it earlier in the con and just thought yeah like it wasn't like super eye-catching or anything it's like a a, a quad split card game kind of like sprawlopolis mm-hmm. um where you're laying down uh, all these cards kind of in a in a shared central board you know, different types of terrain and you're putting some animals down on it or whatever. Uh, but then uh, I talked to, to Jay Bell briefly, and he was like, yeah, the game's pretty good. And so then I went and sat down and, and played it, and he was explaining it to me, and, uh, like, it started clicking really fast, and, like, it was super tight, super uh, interactive and, and tense. And, like, at the, when he was explaining it, the things, I was like, why can't you do that? Like, a couple turns later, I was like, oh, that's why you can't do that. That's perfect. <laughs> Um, and I was just so impressed and it's like one of the few times after play tests that I just sit back and I'm like, I've, I've got no notes. Like this is, you need to be pitching this now. Like, have you thought about pitching it to this publisher? And they're like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, That's, that sounds like it could work. I'm like, like, let me, let me go get this publisher now and (laughs) bring him to you because he needs to go see this. Um, Awesome. So yeah, it was, that was Really cool. I, I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing that one. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you all for doing this recap and uh, telling us all about Unpub. It sounds like it was a amazing time. 
And uh, yeah, listeners, I hope you uh, enjoyed listening to this tonight and hearing all about Unpub. If you were there, we'd love to hear from you. Come to our Discord and Hangouts. Um, It'd be great. Uh, you can find us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. There's the link to our Discord. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg, at J.A. Slingerland, and here we go with everyone else, at Connor J. Wake, at Tiandris, that's T-I-A-N-D-R-I-S, that is Emily Vincent's, and then at Stoic Hamster, just like you'd expect it to be spelled, is Clarence Simpson's. So they do have their names tagged in the name so that you can tell it's actually them. So that's good. Um, but listeners, we, uh, we hope you had fun again and, uh, we hope you come back every single week and until next time, good night. Good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends, building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.